What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. And welcome back to season five of Comic Book Nation, the only show that does it all for geek culture and the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw. And with me today are my co-hosts, Mr. Matthew Aguilar. What's up? And Mr. Connor Casey. What up? Shout out to our co-host, Janelle Wheeler, who's still enjoying a lovely honeymoon. We hope she's having a good time in this late leg of her trip and uh, waiting for her to get back so we can also add her to this group chat. But today, if you guys are tuning in, you know that on this bonus round ep, we are doing one thing and one thing only. Well, actually, today, that's a lie. We're doing two things. Two things only. We are breaking down the finale episode of Star Wars Ahsoka in full spoilers. So if you have somehow hopped on here and you have not seen the Ahsoka finale yet, you are in the wrong place because we are talking full spoilers about the Ahsoka finale we are going to talk about the episode itself and overall what this series did or did not do. And if we are excited for the next batch of Star Wars stories. Plus, at the very end, I have seen the first four episodes of Loki season two. And I'm going to give you guys my spoiler free, quick, instant reaction before everything pops off with Loki's premiere tonight. So stay tuned for that. Let's go right at the top. Let's waste no time getting into this. Connor and Matt, let's start with Connor because Connor, Connor is like the king of hot takes now around here. First of all, let's just say I, I tweeted this out and, you know, let's just go over some quick things. So we got this finale episode. Basically, Sabine, Ezra, and Ahsoka make their way to Thrawn's ship. There's a battle to see who gets on and who gets off the planet, who gets off Gilligan's Island. And uh, we get a resolution to that. Along the way, some theories did come true. We had actual theories come true. Zombie troopers, they're a thing. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I'm glad I glad I wrote that up, up and staked out that little uh, SEO spot because zombie troopers are now a thing, which does bring uh, you know a lot into focus. So I think I said for me this was a goodish episode. It did do quite a lot. Um, it didn't do everything. I also wrote the piece like, you know, will this finale stick the landing? And I said, and I had a whole thing saying, you know, does it need to do everything knowing how this is going to go? We have some questions about the future, I'm sure. But I thought this was pretty good for a Star Wars TV finale. Uh, Connor, what did you think? I give it a B. I think in a lot of ways it gave us what we were looking for. We wanted a a big climactic fight. We got one. We got the zombie stormtroopers. That was awesome. I loved the running through what looked like a medieval castle in order to try and get to Thrawn. That was a great setting. Uh, if this is the if this is the next in what is just clearly a live action continuation of Rebels, that's fine. If we get an Ahsoka season two or we get Star Wars Thrawn or Star Wars Ezra that picks up right where this leaves off. Awesome. If this is the last of it, this that letter grade goes way the hell down because it's not really a finale. Uh, the Joan of Arc looking chick just kind of says, yeah, I'm still alive. Bye. Uh, 
Ray Stevenson's character is like, hey, uh, I found what I was looking for. If you watch Rebels, you might know what this is. If you didn't, not a clue. Cool looking statue, but otherwise I got nothing. Um, and then even with all that aside, I felt like the ending was still just kind of a that's it. That that's all we're getting. Cause, you know, Ahsoka's whole thing was trying to stop Thrawn from getting back to the main galaxy. And he does. And she's just kind of like, eh, I'm gonna go off and chill with the crab people. By the way, there's Anakin's force ghost standing over there. Bye. That that's that's not enough. That that's that's enough for now, but that can't be all there is. Because otherwise, that that's not an ending. All right, Matt. Okay, we have Connor on the board. It's interesting. I'm so interested to hear what you say, Matty. Let's hit, hit me. Oh. <laughs> um, you know, it's funny. I agree, actually, with the, the letter grade. I'd probably go B+, plus, maybe. But, like, yeah, like, I think... But I think most of it is predicated on the fact that there will be more content, um, which I don't come at it from... I, I don't see on how on earth why there wouldn't be. So I guess I'm kind of like, I, I I fully understand that there are probably going to be another either Ahsoka season two or Ezra or something that continues this story. Um, it just, you know, they left so many pieces there on purpose. It wasn't because they ran out of time. They knew how many episodes there were, um, which is a whole other discussion. I mean, I saw in the comments actually that like, to me, you know, Eight to ten is the sweet spot, but like that doesn't mean you couldn't have had one more episode. Maybe I, I, I'm sure there's stuff they could have expounded upon or cut. But overall, I I really dug it. I mean, it was a thrilling episode. I think some of the things are being glossed over of like character development. I mean, I don't think Ahsoka. I think she comes a long way in these episodes, and so there is a there's been a couple moments of like I'm kind of doing this wrong. And then she's starting to find peace where there wasn't peace before, where there was always pressure to move forward. And I think that's what some of the ending with her and Sabine signifies, obviously, but Sabine as well. I feel like sticking with her instead of going with Ezra, like all those things, that's character development, right? Hu Yang has some of that too. Like there's a lot of really good stuff here in between the theatrics. And I think that's what this series has been about the entire time. Um, and it's easy to get lost in the other stuff, but I think, that is the best stuff of this episode. So I really enjoyed it. I just, it is clearly setting up for something else. There is, there's clearly a part two to this, you know, and I'm, I'm cool with that. I was cool with it in infinity war. As long as you close it off, close the loop. I'm good. See, fine. here's the difference though. We knew another Avengers movie was coming out when infinity and war. You ended. don't think there's another star Wars thing. We've had how many trilogies get canceled again. I don't that one. <laughs> One, there's not. It, I'm sorry, I don't buy that. The TV side of things has moved forward for years now. I don't see why, unless someone steps in for Bob Iger and buy and like completely rewrites the Star Wars stuff on the TV side. I don't understand why there wouldn't be. I, I don't get it. I I have not seen enough to make me worry about that stuff. And I've seen enough projects get canceled to not believe anything. That well, that's your problem. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that problem. I'm perfectly fine with it. And I, if they don't, then I agree with you. Then it feels unfinished. Then there's a lot of stuff you just left on the table. But I'll deal with that problem when we get there. I just haven't seen anything on the Star Wars TV side of where they're not going to go, hey, we're doing more Star Wars. Because that's ultimately what we're talking about here. They're, I'm, yeah. they're going to continue to do more Star Wars. Like I just don't yeah. see that not changing. I mean, 
our, our producer Peter's in the comments and he's been very, very animate this whole time that like this is all going right into the movie and the movie wraps this all up. But I, I'm also not quite convinced. I feel like this finale has left things open. And interestingly enough, it was only Connor who I think actually predicted this ending out of all of us that Ahsoka would be left behind and that she'd be staying on the planet and that, which I said would be kind of cool in the sense of this would. And I think the episode did do this was at least convinced me that this was a show that had to do with an arc about Ahsoka, Ahsoka and her apprentice. But you know, this was an Ahsoka arc. Mm-hmm. And so I got it at the end. Like, yeah, she's somewhere stranded and kind of out. But I think Thrawn's point is, is actually like a valid point that he makes like a Ronin. And, you know, that kind of brings the whole samurai theme of this whole thing back around in that you know a ronin is a masterless samurai who's been you know out there and has to is deal the, with the kind of was that is that the first time someone's ever dropped that word specifically like that we're dropping the pretense and we're just saying this is samurai yeah i think so yeah That's uh it's also it's also another time that star wars is referencing things that you know Shouldn't are questionable exist. to exist in a galaxy how, how far, far away, either? right? Yeah, how that human history, right? Han Solo's done it quite a few times, but um, you gotta, you gotta just kind of take that. But yeah, it, it was the thing where you're like Leonardo DiCaprio, you're like, oh, there's a thing. Like, yeah, you know, this was a Ronin story about a, a, ma- a samurai who lost her master, and the you know, for samurai, that's an existential weight because you're disgraced and like. When you're a Ronin, your honor's kind of gone, like your way is lost. And finding purpose after that is a tremendous existential challenge. So I get like, you know, this brought it around and made it about something. And I liked that part of it. Um, some of the set pieces were obviously to Disney green screen. Uh, I loved seeing the zombie troopers. They were freaky. But like that first fight with them was obviously just in like a, you know, a sound stage and looked kind of that way. But I I think that there is going to be more to this. It's just they've been playing it very ambiguous. Like I was rereading the quotes from Dave Filoni while we're sitting here. And, you know, he said that the movie will be a culmination. But then he he kind of drops this tricky little wording about like what that means. He says culmination is an interesting word. The way I look at it, there are small stories. And then there's the big story of the day too. A New Hope. And Return of the Jedi tell more important parts of that tale, but there are all kinds of sub stories underneath that. We've been building all these small stories. So, like, yes, there is a culminating event that's going to be happening, but there are also other stories to tell. And we also know that Star Wars doesn't necessarily have to do this in order, right? Like, they can, they might just do the final story and then tell you a bunch of other sub spin off stories about what happened before, after, or during, like, you know, so. It can go a lot of ways, but I think I agree with Matt. I mean, if Janelle was here to speak for her, we are getting more content out of this. Now, overall, the series, how did you guys think? I mean, overall, I think this has been, I mean, in terms of pure just like fantasy enjoyment, I think Andor made me ready to like pick up rocks and and, and rebel against a fascist takeover for real, like on a real level. Like, thousand percent. like me and the rest of my town, like we're ready to go in case that ever goes down and or did that for me or if I got to get a prison or something. But for Star Wars fantasy enjoyment, I think this this series. I think it was the most at least consistent deliver of, you know, giving me what I wanted. 
making everything at least pretty okay, if not pretty enjoyable. Having it be a week-to-week interaction and, and discussion, giving us significant new things like characters or developments or just cool-ish to look at. Um, you know, tackling some big challenges, bringing Rebels and the animated universe and those characters like Natasha is Sabine to me now. I gave the action figure to my kids. You know, uh, it's my, it's on my, I forget, I mess up his name. I don't want to keep messing up his name. I want to get this name so right. Uh, Iman Esfandi is, uh, is Ezra to me now. Like, that's him. Like, Lars Mikkelsen obviously always was thrown. So, you know, just points. But they, they nailed that Rebels challenge. They made me feel like having that in live action was exciting. It's made people go back and actually... I've gotten more tweets or comments or messages saying, hey, man, like we're going back. Uh, you told me you were right. I'm going back. I'm going to go watch this stuff. Or people who have watched it and been like, yeah, you're right, man. Clone Wars, Rebels, that was that was some good Star Wars. And like, you know, so it's done all that. And and so plus, you know, it is the cake boss of Star Wars shows. Let's not leave that out. It was the sexiest Star Wars show we've ever The Orange Pants came in. back for one minute. Yeah, one last minute. I was like, Cake Boss. Yeah. I like that show. <laughs> <laughs> and then it took me a second to figure out where we were going. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it was the sexiest Star Wars show. I mean, it has spawned a million stands now. Shin, Shin, and I'm sorry, Shin Hera. Hattie. Hattie. I've been getting a lot of messages about it because I say Hattai. Sorry, I just read too many samurai novels as a kid. Uh, Shin Hattie. Um, just call her. I'm calling her Shin, but like she's got a whole new like emo stand fan base. Like it, it's crazy out here. So Ahsoka came out and made its mark. And you know, as somebody who's been deep in this kind of the side media of Star Wars anim- animation, comics, all that, I'm happy, and I think that's a significant thing in and of itself. And I'm glad of that. So you know, congrats to Dave Filoni and the whole team for at least keeping me entertained for eight episodes in eight weeks or seven weeks. Sorry. We got two in the first, but mm-hmm. yeah. How do you guys feel? Cause I'm always more curious about you guys. Cause you're not as hardcore star Wars fans. And I think it's important. We always keep that in, in the scope. You know what I mean? I, I think the, the first two episodes took a little too long to get things going. I think it really picks up with episode three. If you were to ask me to rank the live action shows, I think it goes Andor the first two seasons of Mando and then this. And I feel like that's okay. That's it. It's fair. Yeah. I think I'll take that. That's fair. Oh, it would be debate for me. Uh, I love. Yeah. I mean, I love both seasons of Mando. The first two. Yeah. But I think I would go and or Mando one. Mando Mando one. No, I, I go and or Mando one, Mando two, Ahsoka, Mando three. Then after that, what's that? What's left? Like uh, for the live actions are just Obi-Wan. Obi Wan, fifty feet of crap, Boba Fett. Oh no! Yeah, no, I liked. Ooh. Yeah, I mean, I liked Boba Fett, but even even then, I still got to put it at the bottom. But I'm not saying the fifty feet of crap part. I I did like Boba Fett, and there's a lot I liked in that series. Now that oh, the Power Rangers time to just state. Um, let's talk about some finer points. Uh, obviously. I have not done had enough time to do a deep dive into what that statue Balin found, what all it means. I'm not even I mean, it w- didn't jump out for me instantly from Rebels. There, There's a whole lot of 
obviously, and I wrote this article too, like, because I spotted it and I was like, obviously, they've been doing this in the sides. Now they're doing it in mainstream. The Night Sisters, Dathomir, all of that is becoming a much bigger part of the mythology. Oh, there we go. Thanks. Thanks, Peter. It's the father. Okay. So, can you explain that to people like me who know nothing? <sighs> all right. So, it's like explaining Cable's origin. Um, <laughs> basically, it, basically, the father is an entity that is the father is in mortis there were these three beings who came from like an ancient species from another world or realm and they were incredibly powerful force sensitive people now this gets because i wrote about this because it created this whole idea that there is like these balancing the father the daughter liked the light side of the force and, and she became very powerful in the light side of the force because she liked what it represented life and, you know, all of that. The son decided to kind of go and take on the power of the dark side. He very much enjoyed that because he became a dark sider. He became, you know, the father was powerful enough to kind of control and balance them out because he loved both his children. So he maintained like a careful balance between them. This all changed when Obi-Wan, Ahsoka, and Anakin got came to Mortis and got stuck. They looked at Anakin and they were like, oh, you know, you're the chosen one. The father thought Anakin could take over his spot and maintain that kind of balance because that was what his destiny was. The son was like, no, I see what's going on with you. And he showed Anakin early like you are the power of the dark side for you would be this and anakin was like holy crap and it blew his it literally like blew his mind but he got corrupted and he became vader like very early in this thing but the to save him the father erased his memory and was just like yeah don't worry about all that but ended up getting killed uh the the son ended up getting killing the daughter the father he he the because he was the dark side it all fell apart for him he ended up killing his family and I think he killed himself in the end and was just like, that was it. And in doing so, like Mortis just became the force balanced again without them. And they got out of there. But um, I guess it's the idea that like somebody could inherit this spot of controlling the balance between the light and dark side of the force. So we'll see what happens with that. So what what Balin found was a temple. Is that, is that what we're supposed to get from that? Well, I mean, it is it's drawing connections between these powerful force users and the witches of that and the witches of the night sisters and the power and how they wield the force and, and kind of what that's all about. But uh, it also suggests it, possible origins of the Jedi and their kind of use of the force and stuff like that originating also alongside the night sisters in this other galaxy. Sure. So, yeah, it, it's all a mystery. It's all from the Filoni verse. But this is where Star Wars gets really trippy and cable-y and, and kind of nuts. So, yeah. Right. Now, let's talk about the five points about Balin. Um, It seems, I mean, the, this guy is super popular now. Yeah, that's right. Thank you, Chris Chipperson. So the daughter. So in case you didn't see, Ahsoka saw this bird. It's an owl, a white owl. And when she was on Mortis, her little takeaway from that whole trip was the daughter sacrificed herself to save Ahsoka from, you know, the son and Anakin and trying to wipe her out. And 
the daughter stayed, Ahsoka was kind of blessed with the light of the daughter in the form of this owl that always kind of is flying around her at kind of key moments. Like after she escaped Order 66 and crashed and buried all her soldiers and went into hiding, like the last thing she sees is like the owl sitting there kind of over their grave. And she's just like, okay. And that's like, it's her guide basically. And it also kind of lets her know that basically I'm still cool. God's still watching over me. The force is still good with me. And, uh, There we go. Peter has a good breakdown in the comments. Our producer's on this, like, Peter is, like, super on this Star Wars stuff. I love it. So Ahsoka was blessed by the light of the daughter. The sun and the Night Sisters were kind of influenced by the sun and the dark side. And Balin has found the father, which would be the kind of controlling force between them both. Like a way of kind of, yeah, balance, controlling yeah. them both. Yeah. All right, so that's a force battle we got. So it's interesting that this is all being set up in an, in an alternate galaxy away. It's good. Just get away from that sequel trilogy mess. Just, yeah, Ahsoka was doing her own thing, and I won't mind. <laughs> you know, we said there won't be a Star Wars multiverse somewhere in the middle of all this, but now I'm not so sure. Will we have two Star Wars stories running in two different galaxies? Um, It's crazy. So... That's what that is all about. Thank you. And that's a Clone Wars reference. That wasn't even a Rebels reference, by the way. That is a Clone Wars reference. Um, now let's talk Balin. He's so popular now. People love him so much. Ray Stevenson's gone. R.I.P. Uh, Avana, uh, what's her name? I don't want to mispronounce her name. Avana Sakno. Um, Sakno posted this thing. Because uh, if you didn't know, Balin and Shin were these, you know, mythic north norse wolves that were kind of chasing people down but um she posted a post to him and all right and saying for her friend ray which is very sweet but balen skull seems like he has is a character now that has to continue in star wars from all sides like i could see background origin stories about him i could see him doing you know all like doing all of this factoring into the future of this but obviously it won't be Ray Stevenson. So do you recast or do you just explain like have Shin find him and he didn't make it, whatever he was looking for? What do you do here? I feel like you have to recast. You, you've, you've hung too much of what they're trying to build going forward around him. So to just be like, eh, he died. That, that, that's not enough. Maybe you could do the Poochie. Aliens came down from another planet in this galaxy and just... They're literally all aliens, so that doesn't work. <laughs> he found a peaceful life with the Noti and was never seen again. I have um, I become one with people. the crab people. Yeah, I mean, that's the dream for all of us, right? Like, that's what isn't we're all it, going for here. Isn't it just? Um, no, I feel like he's... I mean, Ray Stevenson did so, too good of a job just making this guy so interesting that we're just like... Even if he, he's a Boba Fett now, right? Like he's just a straight up Boba Fett. Like he's just somebody who just had this supporting part, but like is now going to become a major icon of the franchise. Oh man. Yeah. There's in like, this is a kind of thing that was setting him up as, as we're seeing in the discussion and the thread right now, if he finds the power of the father, this guy who's weary of these conflicts becomes the controlling power of all these things. You know what I mean? So that's a big villain. I mean, like that's a big, not villain, but antagonist role 
in the franchise potentially for this guy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, I'm cool with it. Ray Stevenson has a ton of friends, a ton of fellow actors that he's worked with, like really impressive people, like up and down from both Hollywood and the UK. Like, if somebody who he was cool with steps up and, and does this in his honor, like, I'm cool with that. Like the Harrison Ford, William Hurt thing, right? Yeah. For, uh, in the Marvel right now. So I'm cool with that. It's just got to be somebody who gets the character and, and, you know, give Sam Whitmore a beard and just say, this made me younger. (laughs) Here I am. (laughs) I mean, no, but like, no lie. Like if you gave me Sam Whitmore in a story of younger baby skull, like, yeah, like I'm, I'm with that. Like I am with that idea. Like shout out to Sam Whitmore, who I know is always out here, especially on Twitch. Like, Mm-hmm. Yeah, give that man a younger. I mean, if we're not going to give him the actual Star Killer story and all that, like him as a younger Balin Skull is as pretty much as close to awesome as I can get. Yeah, so, I'm down for that. I'm always look. Yeah, I'm always up for him that. being in everything, but uh, I I'm for recasting because of the platform you've put the character on. The character's taken off. He'd be down. We're making things happen. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> No, somebody said it, uh, Peter, in the comments again. He's just so crazy on point. No, but his co-star from Rome, that, that was my first uh, thought. What's his name from uh, HBO's Rome? It was because Rome starring okay. Kevin McKidd. Is that it? Yeah, Kevin McKidd. Ray Stevenson and Kevin McKidd starred in HBO's Rome, if you don't know your early like 2000s TV history. And that's where Ray Stevenson really became like super famous from that show. And rightly right. so, because he was amazing as tight as Pulo. But uh, if it's Kevin McKidd who gets recast as Balin Skull, I- I'm good with that. I- I'll be good with that. Um, so, yeah, we got to have this guy continue that. I mean, Shin is going to continue. Like I said, she's got too many, too many stands to not be a recurring character in this. Plus, she's going to become leader of those like bandits. That's kind of crazy. So we're going to see more of that. Um, The only thing I had a problem with this really in this episode, besides some of the set pieces, was the fact that Ron is supposed to be a super genius. But Ezra just kind of calmly snuck off that that ship and got back to the New Republic without anybody noticing. I mean, there's that, and then there's the fact that Thrawn won. Thrawn got back to the main galaxy, and Ahsoka's like, yeah, whatever. It's like, no, not whatever. You should be mad or freaking out or something. Bro, she's in on it. It's gonna be okay. Her master's there again. You know, she has guidance. The owl's there. It's all telling her she's with, she's good. But that is a Jedi thing. Like, yes. And I didn't I say, didn't I say this was going to be an Empire Strikes Back ending? which is important. People don't realize that in Star Wars because it is a whole reflection of the Zen-like outlook of the Force and all that. It's like, yeah, we're down bad here. Externally, we're down bad. But internally and collectively, we're together now. Because Empire is about them kind of like not being able to get together as a unit. Like there's all these like frictions and conflicts. But at the end, they're united in purpose. They're like, okay, we're, we're locked in. We're a crew. Like, we're going to do this and we're going to win in the end. And this is kind of in a more samurai, Eastern Zen-like thing. That's Ahsoka's whole outlook at the end. It's like, yeah, we're down bad. It looks like we're stranded on Gilligan's Island. 
but I'm less alone than I've been. And that's the whole thing about Sabine staying like, I'm not alone. I'm not out here. And like this chain of master and apprentice, like is good. I'm, I don't have to worry. Like that was her parental concerns, right? Sure. Like what's the legacy of me teaching when I had this teacher and they're good. They're together. Ezra's home. They've righted this situation that was eating at Sabine and kind of getting in her way. Cause once that's righted, right. You know, she's able to use the force. She's now more in tune with things. So yeah, they're down bad externally, but internally and collectively they're better. And, and those things are healed. And that's what I meant when I said, okay, I feel like they stuck the landing in that sense. Peter's um, even mentioning in the comments, the problem with the show is Ahsoka is, is Zen about everything. That's, that's, that's hard to, as an audience, that's hard to grasp onto. I think that's right. I mean, yes. Yeah. But that's like every samurai story. I, I think, I think sometimes, but I think in episode five is the one where you see her. I mean, cause everybody's mentioned like her and her facial expression is now a gif with her, the Sith eyes and everything. Mm -hmm. You see what it looks like when Ahsoka almost looks, loses it for a minute and it's freaky. And that's kind of the whole thing with her is her fear of like, I think people don't get that about Luke Skywalker in the sequel trilogy too. Let, like when, okay. Until episode nine, when they about face, but anyway. Yeah. But like when you've had this massively abusive parent, you know what I mean? Somebody who literally you found out is becomes like your dad's a serial killer. Your teacher is a serial killer. Your mentor, like, it, it it messes with you, right? Mm -hmm. You have this long, everlasting, like for the rest of your life, you have this fear of being tainted in some way. Like, what if that's in me? Like, how did I not know? What if that's in me? All those things. So like Ahsoka, Luke, all these people like are emotionally stunted and traumatized. And that's the thing with Luke and Kylo Ren that people think is like, Oh, Luke would have never done that. Yeah, he would. He had this dad that was like a crazy, had this dark rage in him, and he's his son. Like, it's in him, too. And that's what broke him in that moment was realizing, like, oh, crap, even with all I've done, like, that's in me. Now I'm terrified to do anything, and I'm paralyzed emotionally. So I'm just going to run off and hide. And Ahsoka was the same way until episode five. And so, like, yeah, her Zen thing is just more like her kind of, detachment and things but i think it becomes a different kind of thing by the end which is weird to read and i'm not advocating that that's not a fair criticism that you know she's zen for two different reasons one is just kind of faux forced control and by the end she really does kind of get to a better place and breakthrough mm -hmm. but you know that's a, that we're not i'm not gonna fight because we're gonna it's gonna forever be part of this series that that is a criticism of it but overall, I still maintain it. It was a fun journey, like from beginning to end for me. We got to start wrapping this up. Do you guys have any uh, final theories before we get on to our quick Loki reaction? Just glad to see Hera one more time. Uh, I see what you did there. Yes, they got one shot in one final shot. I was like, oh, man, we're really going to do this. We're cleaning up. Really cleaning up this episode, but nope, they got nope. one final shot of the orange pants in, right? Had to do it. But like I said, you know, there's been a long time, like, running gag that Star Wars is never sexy 
and always on some really weird romantic stuff, right? Like <laughs> brother, sister kissing, all this kind of weird stuff. But uh, this show made Star Wars sexy. It was sexy Star Wars. And, uh, you know, I, I wasn't I mad mean, at it. Y'all, y'all are just going to sit here and act like Natalie Portman one one fine in oh she oh, that is all that is no some, no no rewriting she history. is um like who's rewriting that like nobody's you, you rewriting just said, that. it's like star wars but, isn't 60 y'all just forgetting but things. do you think do you think george lucas made those scenes sexy is what i'm saying no because no, that that's like two planks of wood yeah trying. exactly yeah it was the sheer you know beautifulness of those two people are the only thing that makes that work because the scene is like, <laughs> I don't want to say what it's like. Let's just say it's like a type of movie scene you see, but there is no sudden shift to the payoff part. There's just yeah. the beginning acting part. You know what I mean? I'm here to fix your cables. Like, yeah, like so. But I'm a senator, Finn. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, uh, it made Star Wars sexy. So it was, uh, it was good for that. And just, <laughs> and it's for I, I like. <laughs> oh man all right we're starting to go off all right so real quick let's shift into loki which uh i'm sure will be kind of talked about on our other podcast phase zero which will be coming up on this twitch station right after this and they will be doing live recaps right after loki airs on thursday so check those out but uh i saw the first four episodes of loki and my quick non-spoiler reaction is that premiere episode is good stuff. Like one of the best Marvel productions that I've seen in a long time in terms of just how it's shot, what it tells, what kind of story it tells in one complete episode and kind of while simultaneously setting up stakes for the season. Great premiere episode. And I can't wait to talk about that on our show Friday too, and just kind of break down because there's a lot of new lore that you get in this one, because obviously we're dealing, we picking up right after the first season with the multiverse and what's changing and what's going on. And so, yeah, there's, there's all that. And that gets thrown at you in some interesting new character setups. After that, it gets a little bit slower as we get more episodic. I saw the first four episodes of six, um, but it's still one of the best Marvel Disney Plus things I've seen because the characters get even more interesting. Even side characters like B-15 get more thing. Ravana Renslayer gets much more interesting this season. And even questions about Mobius and things like that start to become more prevalent because we like these characters. We spent time with them and it gets to be bigger. Um, as some of the kind of like more cameo stuff begins to happen and the bigger lore stuff begins to happen, that stuff's all interesting too. There begins to be, there is a lot of like timey wimey travel stuff mechanics to, there is a bit of a Nolan movie to this kind of story where like things are causing other things that happen, you know, we cause other things and then we come back around to other things. There's several time loops in these first four episodes alone that are kind of like, we're going to be writing explained posts. You know what I are, mean? Are we going full tenant here where people are running backwards and, and all that and shoot the bullet and don't think about it? Okay. Well, it's just, I mean, it's pretty well woven, but it's just like, you got to really be remind, remembering and like paying attention and week. I'm interesting to see how it's going to like kind of fit in week to week, but there'll be so many theories and videos and all that, that I know it, it'll be dissected to death. But, um, 
episode four by the end, which is kind of like the f- end of the first arc of this season, throws something at us that is going that I, I'm sure you've heard hinted about, but it's going to be pretty wild and like it's going to be very interesting. Yeah, to see how this comes down the back half after the first month, because. Yeah, but as I also said in the first in my review, if you're hoping that this straightens out all your questions about the Marvel multiverse saga saga and like what's happening, you know, keep hoping you're going to have a few more new questions to go along with a lot of other stuff. But uh, it, it is very interesting the production is like production is amazing. Like there's a lot of awesome sets, lot like really great production. So much less of that like weird green screen hollowness. There's actual sets and things as we go through time and the past and all that stuff. Costuming, all that stuff is great. Um, the shots are great, and uh, all the new people like Kay, like my boy Kay, um, Hu Kwan from uh. Everything everywhere all at once, Goonies, Indiana Jones, like he's great as uh, OB in this and awesome new addition. Sylvie's back, it's great. And uh you know what? I'm not getting into the Jonathan Majors of it all. Let's just move on. All do, right. Do we so, finally get the McDonald's scene that we've been teased with in, in commercials for months? Because that's been bugging me. You do, and it's in it's a harmless, cute way, and they and they don't overdo it. So everybody calm down. It's it's a cute little point that they're making in product placement, yes, but like it, it is done in a cute little way. Okay. Um, so you'll say. So yeah, if people are asking, I think Loki's gonna we're gonna be talking, it's gonna be fun. Disney Plus is gonna keep us entertained again. So we're coming out of Ahsoka and we're going into Loki, and week to week we're gonna have a lot to talk about. So be sure to stay tuned. We'll be doing a kind of big theory discussions on Fridays. But like I said, phase zero, we'll be doing uh, live recaps after every episode. So stay tuned for all of that. We got to get out of here. Thank you guys for tuning in. This is Comic Book Nation. If you are just joining us for our bonus round breakdown of Ahsoka's finale, be sure to go to youtube.com backslash comic book, all one word dash nation and subscribe. So you don't miss any of our content. We draw bonus rounds. We do live shows on Friday. We're the only show who does it all for geek culture, so we hit everything. Marvel, DC, anime, TV, movies, Star Wars, Star Trek. We all talk food if it's crazy enough. Tabletop, uh, video, like everything. So come and join the fun. Thank you, uh, Matt and Connor, for getting up bright and early and doing this with me and uh, for this whole Ahsoka run. This is the most deepest we've ever, nerdiest we've ever gotten on a Star Wars project, and it has been awesome. So thank you, guys. Of course. Thank you for the enthusiasm right there on the ending. Everybody's just like, hey, here's our Twitter handles. Find us. Yeah, yeah, okay, fine, fine. Let's promote these guys. Let's promote these guys. You can find me at Kofi Outlaw. I see how it is. You can find me at Connor Casey CBS. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. And you can find us at Comic Book Nation if you want to find us on Twitter. See you guys on Friday. We got to get out of here. This is Comic Book Nation. May the force be with you. Peace. Later. This is.